1: Learn more at marines.com. And talk of baseball with Buster Only today is brought to you by the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Experience perfection golf, the Meadows. Part of the murderer's row of ball talk.
0: Here's ESPN
1: senior columnist and podcaster Buster Only on the ride with Royce. The
2: pitch to Jorge Soler is swung on and belted high and deep. That's a way back. And that ball is gone. Here's the pitch, a swing and a drive deep to right. That's down the line. Into the corner it goes, and gone. A home run for Mike Moustakis. And Salvi that's one deep to center field. Back goes Jones. And that ball is gone. Pitch to Gordon. Swung on and belted. High and deep, and away back and out of here. Four home runs hit by the Royals in the first inning. And they now lead Dylan Bundy and the Birds 7-0. And here comes Buck Showalter. He's seen enough.
3: Buster, what are the O's going to do, man? Uh, Your buddy Buck, that had to be a (laughs) tough walk to the mound last night. Dylan Bundy, his best starter. First pitcher ever to give up four home runs without ever getting an out in the first
2: inning. Unbelievable, uh, and coincidentally, you and I didn't talk about what we were going to talk about before we started this. I talked to Buck today, okay. uh, and we started talking, and I said, man, Buck, I, I'm sorry. I was watching, <laughs> and he goes, well, that's not why I called. And so we immediately changed the subject, and we moved on other things that were probably, uh, you know, I mean, after what he experienced last night, because not only did they, you know, Dylan Bundy walk off with uh, having allowed the four home runs, but the inning continued, and the Royals would tack on three more runs, and before Baltimore uh, came to bat, they were down 10 nothing. Look, there's no doubt that this is a crossroad year for the Orioles. Manny Machado is a free agent at the end of the year. Buck Showalter is a free agent at the end of the year. Dan Duquette, their general manager is a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, they have a lot of decisions to make in the next two months. And the, the, the big question is, you know, this organization that typically moves very slow. Uh, will they do it adeptly? Will they move quickly? Will they make the right decisions during the course of summer? Because it is ugly.
3: And there, uh, there's no way you can get what you should get for Manny Machado no. because uh, Manny is not going to sign with any. Not, they're not going to agree to sign with anybody. He's going to hit the open market next winter. So no matter who takes him is only going to get him for three months. So
2: I totally agree with you. Uh, and we're starting to sort of play that game about, okay, who's going to you know, pay for Manny Machado, potentially a difference-making player. Uh, but i got to tell you that I think that what we saw with U Darvish last summer was sort of a, a precursor to what might happen with Manny Machado this year where um, you, you could see a really high asking price on Machado the way the Rangers did on U Darvish. And the Rangers waited, and they waited, and they waited for some team to step up. And guess, guess what? No one did. And so in the last two or three hours, the Rangers wound up scrambling and making a deal with the Dodgers in which they took 60 cents in the dollar uh if the orioles are, are you know do this smartly they need to push it to a resolution sometime around the All Star break to make sure they get as much value as possible, and I totally agree with what you just said.
3: And uh, they're and, not
2: going to get as much as they think they and are. And
3: pitchers always, uh, you know, in July are worth more than hitters too. It, it seems to me once in a while you make a big player position, and Manny certainly would. You know, he could win the World Series for somebody, but uh, uh, I don't know. They uh, they maybe the time to move him was this winter, huh?
2: Uh, no doubt about <laughs> it, and. And to your point, uh, it's a very specific market when, you do, when you're when you trading a position player. For example, uh, you know, let's uh, just play it out. Okay, well, you know, if Manny Machado's out there, would the Dodgers be interested? No, probably not. Yeah, they'd many, uh, Corey Seeger's on the DL, but Andrew Freeman's not someone who gives up a lot. The Yankees have Didi Rigorius. The Red Sox have Xander Bogarts. Uh, a lot of the contending teams don't necessarily have a high need to the degree that they would Pay a really high price for Manny, uh, as opposed to is if you market a starting pitcher or reliever. Pretty much every contender needs one of those guys. So the Orioles might not find as much traction in the trade market as they anticipate. What are they? Eight and
3: twenty-eight is that it? Eight and twenty-seven? <laughs> eight and twenty-eight? Something like that.
2: I it's... think our friend Jason Stark uh, just a little while ago tweeted out a stat that uh, you know the Orioles have eight wins. The Boston Red Sox collected their eighth win a month ago.
3: (laughs) Think about that. Yes. Hey, we had this Paxton kid here. uh, Opening opening day, uh, the Eagle landed on him, Challenger. (laughs) uh, And he still came out there and pitched great. He, for some reason... Uh, he was sailing along, and there was a runner on. He walked Mauer, and then he threw a knuckle curve to Snow instead of a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. And Snow hit a home run, and the Twins ended up beating him. But, uh, boy, that kid's got a live arm, and we saw it last night, and no-hitter. Wow.
2: Uh, and, and he reminds you so much, reminds me so much of Andy Pettit, the Yankees pitcher, yeah. with that great cutter that he throws. Uh, just nasty. And, and the way that he finished last night, the last three pitches, 98 miles per hour, 100 miles per hour, 99 miles per hour to Josh Donaldson. And this is now at the top of the list for me for my favorite story of the year because, of course, Paxton, uh, native of British Columbia, going to Toronto, throwing the the no-hitter there. Uh, You love the way the fans in the Rogers Center in Toronto gave him a standing ovation when it was over, and he's waving to the crowd with that big maple leaf tattoo on his right forearm. Uh, You know, the first Canadian to throw a (laughs) no-hitter since 1945. Uh, and, and that was thrown the week after the surrender of Japan uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, on, on the USS Missouri, so really a great moment. And, and again, my my favorite part was the way that the, the Blue Jays fans really rose to the occasion uh, at, at the moment that he finished it.
3: I've been around, uh, i got I got a bunch of Canadian buddies and I've been around them at the Olympics and stuff, and it's an amazing country because here in the States, you know, Minnesotans root for Minnesotans. Canadians root for Canadians. It doesn't make any difference if you're from British Columbia or Nova Scotia. That's the home state there up there. It's uh, incredible.
2: No question. And (laughs) during that no-hitter last night, and by the way, I tweeted about the no-hitter in progress ten times as it went along, and it was no jinx. Yes. Uh, but uh, I tweeted out early in the mid- in, like in the fifth or sixth inning about how cool it would be, uh, and how I figured that the fans there would react really positively if he got it at Canadian. And I can't tell you how many folks were going back at me saying, "No, they why would they do that?" Mm-hmm. And, and I had this exact same thought that you just expressed. No, you don't get it when you saw mm-hmm. you know the WBC and watched the way the fans reacted to the team and the way, the way the players reacted to each other. Uh, how the the fans in the Rogers Center responded at that moment was predictable and still really, really cool.
3: Our mutual friend, boxing Bob Elliott, was probably in tears of joy <laughs> last night for that victory, Mister Canadian Baseball. Uh, so the fighting twins have discovered that pitching is fun to have here, uh, Buster. It's uh, you know the starters have been pretty good lately, and it's amazing they went. They went into St. Louis. Know, they beat the White Sox, and a couple of the games were ugly. But they went into St. Louis, and they played two great baseball games. They caught it. They pitched it. They hit. They moved the runners around. They looked like a baseball team for two days.
2: I totally agree with you, and I watched both those games because I had just seen the Cardinals against the Cubs over the weekend, and I was curious to see if the Cardinals, you know, who were banged up, could continue the momentum, and the Twins shut them down. Uh, And I I do think that if at the end of the year the Twins make the playoffs, we're going to remember those two games as as a turning point for their season. And maybe they, you know, after all the bad weather and all the ugliness and all the struggles, and even today, and I was looking at it, what, they're 22nd out of 30 teams in runs, they're 24th out of 30 teams in ERA, and they're a game out of first. (laughs) Welcome to life in the American League Central uh, where, you know, it's it's a two-team race, it's two teams enter, one team leaves, uh, and I think the way it's playing out with the Angels, the Red Sox, uh, the Yankees uh, in the other division, uh, I feel like one team's going to come out of the Central, and it's really going to come down to uh, you know how they go do against the Indians head to head.
3: And, uh, I, you know, they're just a better-looking ball club uh, if, uh, indeed, if Sano comes back. Uh, he and Morrison, DH and let Escobar play third and whoever plays shortstop to catch the ball because it's, it's kind of neat when they hit a ball to that side of the infield knowing it's going to get caught, you know. And, and it's going to be real interesting what happens when Sano comes back.
2: Yeah, and I would imagine that uh, at some point, and you know that that's going to be Paul Molitor's instinct, that he's going to, in the end, uh, want to put the best defensive team on the field. It, it does feel like for the Twins, who eventually figure that, just as they did in the second half last year, they'll start to perform better offensively, but they need to play well uh, defensively. I agree with you. that That makes the most sense, especially since... Ah, uh, because of Sano's injuries, uh, you, as you and I have talked about in the past, he's not in he's not in shape to play third base. No,
3: no, he's not right now. So, uh, have you had any dealings with Escobar? He is an interesting cat, man. He <laughs> is a character. He's a funny guy. He's, uh, you know, they he, he takes the needle. He gives the needle. He's he's an old time He's kind of a throw Kirby Puckett throwback
2: <laughs> type, you know. I totally agree with you. I had a great conversation with him in spring training before we had that, uh, the Twins-Yankees yeah. exhibition game on March 22nd. Um, he comes up and, hey, Poppy, how you doing? And I, I really <laughs> hadn't talked to him that much, but we had such a great uh, talk about it. That was right after um, uh, the suspension uh, came down For, on Blanco, Blanco, and I yeah. asked him about, you know, well, how do you move around. And he, he's, he's a baseball rat. Like, yeah. you can tell, like, Whatever you throw at me is fine. Put me at third base, I'm fine. Put me at shortstop, put me pitcher, catch me, whatever you want, I'm good. Uh, I agree with you. He is a happy-go-lucky guy, and he's he's one of those guys who's so important through the course of a long season because you like that easygoing personality.
3: He's got three sons, two uh, three boys, and uh, you say what are their names? And he says second short and third. <laughs> 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 he is, uh, and he's got uh, he's got this you know this as he started this power water thing. He's got just a little a uh, little bottle of water, but he's got esco power water on it or something and he takes he hits a home run and he goes drink some of his power water you know he's a he is a he is a good dude so uh i guess the trauma in new york about giancarlo stanton never getting another hit has kind of uh, died huh? man those yeah. two balls he hit last night were rockets
2: Lasers. Uh, And and I think you and I talked about it back in April. It would have been more of a surprise to me if he came flying out of the gates. Yes. I mean, the history is established from, you know, Reggie Jackson to Jason Giambi, Alex Rodriguez. When big stars go into that market for the first time, they struggle because they put pressure on themselves. Uh, they get booed for the first time, and then they make their adjustments and deal with it. I've been fascinated to watch Giancarlo's uh, stance and his swing now that he's playing in Yankee Stadium, where it feels like you can reach out and touch the right field stands from home plate. And right center field, I don't know if you saw his stance later in the game last night. I've never seen a right-handed hitter with a closed stance so much. It's like he wants to punch the ball just poke it over the right field fence. Yeah.
3: well, he's and, discovered, <laughs> you know, yeah. although this is, uh, you know, he's discovered how close it is, I guess.
2: Yeah, 100%. And I would say this, in these early games, Red Sox-Yankees, the one thing that's really become clear, and, boy, if you're the Red Sox, you're never going to second-guess, uh, you know, the, the trade for Chris Sale, adding uh, Eduardo Rodriguez adding Drew Pomerantz but all of a sudden you have the situation where the, Yan- uh, the Red Sox have all these left-handed pitchers yeah. and the, the Yankees are rolling out Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge and Carlo from the right side and, and it, then, it and feels the, like ki- going to be and, one of those advantages they'll have and, all year. And
3: the kids' second baseman too it was uh, you know, going to be something. Hey, uh, one last thing when did the ESPN crew pack it in on uh, Monday morning after the uh, 4 hour and 46 minute <laughs> game followed by in a 59-minute rain delay.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> it, it, that, was, uh, that was a game where uh, you were absolutely delirious, um, and you got into storytelling mode. And, and by the way, the at-bats in those extra innings between the Cubs and the Cardinals were um, absolutely the epitome of what we're seeing in baseball right now, all or nothing. They're terrible at-bats. It wasn't very compelling baseball. So I, I retold the story from the extra inning uh, game last year, and I can't remember if I told you, but we had, they had the Cubs and the Yankees. Uh, 18 innings last year, went on for six hours and five minutes, and there were like 550 pitches. And when the game was over, and it was 35 degrees, I went up to Starlin Castro, and I asked him a question in the post-game interview, live national television, and I got halfway through my second question. I realized I had just asked him the exact same question, as <laughs> the first one, because I, I was so delirious. And here's the funny part. Starlin was as delirious as I was. He gave me a completely different answer. <laughs> okay,
3: good. Hey, Buster, talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Thanks, Patrick. All right.
2: And now, Joe and Pat present
0: Sports Talk's Person of the Day.
4: You know, we've seen it all. We've seen it with Michael. We've seen it with Kobe. We've seen it with a lot of great players. And uh, we want to be the one. The, the organization, Toronto organization wants to be the one who knocks that gate down. For whatever reason, we got the unlucky draw every year of going against them. But um, you know, it, it's going to come a time when that gauntlet is going to come down, and uh, why not us?
3: That was Dwight and Casey. But uh, you just—we were brought to you by. It's just lunch. Yes. I was thinking about Such being single and going out on. Uh, oh, God! It's it just oh, lunch. My <laughs> well, you know, I think when he smelled the food, that would be the end of it. You think that maybe? <laughs> How come you yeah, weren't yeah, on time? Yeah, yeah well, I've been waiting for forty-five yeah, minutes. I told you five o'clock <laughs> dinner. What, <laughs> oh, what time? My <laughs> are you eat? God! Well, next tomorrow, oh. I think we're going to have to have Rook do it's just lunch with Joel. Oh, I that think. would be stupendous. Yeah, It'd <laughs> be pretty good. That was Dwayne Casey, yes, our sir. friend. Uh, and uh, is that him talking after uh, the game four loss? Yes. Uh, about how they, uh, now let's face it, they had a fantastic season. Uh, they uh number one seed, and they uh, ended up in the second, they got through the first round, they ended up in the second round against Cleveland, and uh, they had the first game won, kicked that one away, and were done, Yes. Yeah. LeBron took charge after that. They were rattled in game two, and then they went to Cleveland. They gave it a shot in game three. They were down big and came back. Yeah, faded. And then they did not. They no-showed in game four. Well, Dwayne Casey has been voted uh, based on the regular season by the league's 30 head coaches. He's been the National Basketball Coaches Association Coach of the Year Award. It's named in honor of a gentleman named Michael H. Goldberg. I don't know who that is. But uh, he was uh, Rick Carlisle uh, made the announcement. Dwayne uh, once again maximized the Toronto roster to achieve the top record in the Eastern Conference. Congratulations, to Dwayne, on this pre on this prestigious recognition. Unfortunately, uh, lots of reports out there uh, that he uh, could end up getting fired. Ended up uh, not uh, playing DeRozan much because DeRozan just was terrible. Yeah, and uh, down the stretch. And uh, I I don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna accomplish by firing him, but uh, you you never know. Anyway, I was looking it up. Uh, Manny, how many of the eight Toronto coaches can you name? Ooh, I okay. love like, I love these kind of games. Yes. Okay, yeah,
4: I do too. There's eight um, of them. All right, Dwayne Casey.
3: Dwayne Casey, yeah, how well? Okay. There you go. You obviously, you you stole that one from uh, Crete Reavers. <laughs>
4: uh sam mitchell yes who won coach of the year with him one year yes uh then sam was fired and uh jay triano took over for him now he's uh now he's
3: and jay triano
4: also coached the phoenix suns this year when when earl watson got fired now Now i'm just showing off i know now he's showing off. Um,
3: who preceded sam one of the worst human beings in america as a coach not you know has (laughs) failed everywhere he's been but he keeps getting jobs uh, was it one of the Van Gundys? He coached no. one season, 82 games. I'm trying to
4: think of who it was. I'm trying to think of the coaches when Vince was mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But I know Lenny Wilkins is one of them. Lenny right? Wilkins, Lenny was, Wilkins there, was the first coach, uh, three I think. Years.
3: Lenny Wilkins, no, it wasn't. 2000 was it? to 2003. Okay. Kevin O'Neill.
4: Kevin O'Neill, that's
1: oh, right. A, yeah, he,
3: he also didn't he succeed. Lute and uh, he ended up in Arizona, and he was terrible there. In Southern so, yeah. Cal
1: was Rick Carlisle ever with
3: those guys? No, no, no. Okay. Rick just the first uh, three Detroit are really in t- the first one is really tough.
4: That's see, and I was thinking that Lenny was the first one, but he wasn't. Brendan
3: right. Malone coached him Brendan the first Malone. year and got fired. They were twenty-one and sixty. The mailman. What did they expect? <laughs> They were 21-61 and 61 as an expansion team, and they fire, fire. Well, and, They must have fired And, and, and
4: you know who the uh, president of basketball operations was? No. The, uh, the first one for the Toronto Raptors? No. Isaiah Thomas. Oh,
3: yeah. Because well, wow. he drafted oh, Damon
4: Stoudemire, remember, yes, in 1995. That's right. that's Mighty right. Mouse.
3: Yeah. Second coach? Lenny. No. Oh, I thought you said he was the second. No. He was 2000-2003. Hmm. They started in 95. They had three before Lenny three before laney i'm trying to think i should know this i'll better give them to you because time's a wasting daryl yeah. walker okay who coached uh uh there's gonna be
4: one that i should uh-huh. know that i'm gonna kick myself
3: chris carter's brother butch, oh butch carter, butch carter, that's, carter right. Yes.
4: that's right yes the guy that
1: flamed out at rutgers no no, no, no did he coach no. in the big Ten?
4: that was eddie oh, jordan he oh, was he coached oh, the wizards yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, butch butch carter was uh been a kicker he was that's right butch,
4: i knew there was one that i was but gonna here's the deal they've
3: had eight coaches uh and uh dwayne casey's coached 558 games this regular season sam mitchell's coached 345 jay triano's coach 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 229 and lenny wilkins 246 and everybody else a minimal number of games so dwayne is uh you know he's had him for seven years He's got a f- uh, five seventy three winning percentage, and uh, you know he's uh, done. He's had the most success good. in franchise history. Yeah, but uh, that doesn't mean that uh, they aren't going to fire him. But he I won't be without
4: thing. a job for long, oh, right? No, somebody, somebody
3: will I, hire he him. He might, yeah. he might get it this summer, or if he's smart, he might just, just wait sit until a else. year off and then somebody. Well, or will somebody paid. get fired and after forty games, and like you know, Thibodeau. You know who get the first call? <laughs> the Detroit Pistons will call him tomorrow. If he gets sure, to, yeah, they'll call him tomorrow. Yeah, because after wacky Stan Van Gundy, they probably want somebody a little more stable. <laughs> and
1: Detroit has kind of become Nick's light, haven't they? I mean, they're they've always done these weird moves, and they're just a dysfunctional yeah, it's mess. Just,
4: it's just weird. They made the Blake Griffin trade, and it looked good in the first couple games. It's a good and then basketball they town. Went in the tank and. Yeah, they just they've they've given out some bad contracts to guys. Plus, they moved out of
3: Auburn Hills and uh, moved downtown. Right downtown, uh, they share the arena with 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 the 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 Red Wings. And they drew downtown because
1: I thought the speculation was that they would draw better if they moved downtown.
3: Well, that was that was the speculation, but they're sharing that arena with the Red Wings. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we uh, shall return. This is the ride with racing. The fixer has solved another problem. You did just go to the restroom. No, I just <laughs> ran into... I saw Jess outside and made me think of the great outdoor show and it made me think of the fishing opener this weekend when it's mm-hmm. going to be cold and miserable and wet. Mm-hmm. It should be like baseball. You got a Thursday... You got the opener <laughs> scheduled you on Thursday. You the opener. You got Friday off. <laughs> so my theory is, okay, you schedule it for this weekend... But you got the next weekend off in case you have to push her back. Okay, so you just call everybody up who has a reservation and say, sorry, we're not doing her this week. Come next So, week. would your ticket be good then for the next game, the makeup date, or could you use uh, it for one?
0: What no. you're your not understanding, though, is fishermen are not wussies <laughs> well, like you guys are. That is true. Crybabies, insidious.
3: With that 500,000, there'll be 350,000 of them who never see water if it's freezing out.
4: Maybe you go right? all out baseball mode. And so, if, if you're not, not able to do it this relax. year, do a double header next
3: year. It'll be yeah, great do two for openers relax next year. You can't catch any fish anyway without a bath, How about if you
0: dumb-dumb so? stick to sports? The, <laughs> stick to the stick-and-ball nonsense and let the real men handle the outdoors. You might want to stay away from weather, too, because it's supposed to be in the 70s Saturday and Sunday, Patrick. Oh, I thought yeah. it was supposed to freeze. Fif- 58 on Friday. Yeah. And then oh, 70, oh, okay. 70. Seriously, yeah. back to the crack pipe okay. with you. Go ahead, guys. This. this update sponsored by Concordia University. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at online.csp.edu.
1: Hey, Kenny. I'm picturing Dennis and Jess out there listening to this going,
4: Good God, what is he talking
0: about? I'm guessing they're going to break down how many lakes are still iced over. Yeah. I know Malakes oh, lakes oh. had a little uh, skim of ice on it still. Mm-hmm. That should be interesting. Uh, twins off today. They'll open up a four-game series on the West Coast tomorrow against the Angels. As of now, because the Indians today beat the Brewers, uh, they are one game back in the American League. Well, Lake
3: those Central. Indians never stop winning! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pat, one of the things that I truly.
3: 500 now. What?
1: One of the things that I truly enjoy about this job is uh, making the paranoid John Haidt really nervous about him missing something potentially. So when you were uh, interviewing Buster, I screamed at John, John, get in here, John, hurry! (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, what? And so he ran in here and I pointed at the one TV that had Dave Dahl doing Channel 5's weather. I said, look! There's Dave Dahl, and on the other TV, David Dahl for the Colorado Rockies was batting, and he went,
3: "What the hell's wrong with you?" (laughs) Sounds like a rookie deal.
1: Shook my head and walked out. That was
0: airworthy. Thank Mm, you for that story. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Anyway, Johnny, Pirates
0: beat the White Sox six-five. The uh, Tigers ended up losing to Cincy, uh, or I'm sorry, to Texas five to four. No, Gary's boys are slipping a little here. That disappoints me. He needs an injection to fire up the Mm -hmm. troops. Since he beat the Mets two to one, Cubs clobbered Miami thirteen to four. Angels shut up Colorado eight zip, and the Astros Garrett Cole again uh, defeated Oakland to four to
4: one. Maybe Guardy needs to get tossed again. Maybe that'll sure ignite I, dude,
3: a little run for the, for the Even Tigers. Even if there's nothing to argue about, go yeah, go out and get yourself Raise tossed, Guardy.
0: Minnesota United tonight, right here. Los Angeles Football Club is who they're playing. Eight thirty pre match, nine o'clock kickoff on 15.00. How long is our Wayne Street? Yeah. Two
3: or three we yep. won at least two.
0: Two, yep. isn't it? I think it's yeah, two. We, you that's, know, we won yeah, with
3: one man short for over yeah. a half. Yeah, last. That's one of the most courageous victories in Minnesota sports history. That's what me and the fellas have been saying. That's right.
0: <laughs> News on a Minneapolis native and former Gopher, Rashid Hageman. I remember last year he yes. was put on the commissioner's exempt list due to a domestic violence incident. He remained out of the league all year. Apparently now, in Rappaport reports, Hageman met with the New England Patriots. The first he's being note. reinstated, then mm-hmm, apparently, okay. uh, the he was a first
1: round pick, wasn't he? I think he was a second round. Was he a second? Okay. He, so. he
0: actually served everything last year, Patrick. It was only six games. Okay. Yeah. So he's he's eligible to come back. Uh, he met with the Patriots, uh, the first team he's met with. Uh, the, the last team he played against, in fact, was the Patriots. Remember in the Super Bowl. All
3: righty. Well, he's a physical specimen. That's for sure. He's yes. a hell of an athlete. Mm-hmm. All right, Johnny. That's enough out of you. Okay. <laughs> I hear that often.
0: <laughs> Genitive. Sitting shotgun on the Ride with Roycey. Have a nice ride. On 1500 ESPN. The Ride with Roycey now continues. Personal file, 59,
5: offense. He was giving them the business.
4: It's time for Late. Hits. To
5: repair his relationship with DeMar DeRozan. No, he do not uh, Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yeah, you have to, because. Uh, uh, listen. That, that, uh, listen, if your best player, you bench your best player. He, why was he benched? Uh, he. It, well, he—that's not the point. It well, is the point. You don't disrespect your best player. Listen. If you don't have a great relationship with your best player, you're never going to win. That's not true. Uh, he did not. That's point. not true. Not, well, he, he, in that's your not opinion, true. no. Just because you say something, it's just—that's not, uh, not true. Me and Pat Riley never saw eye to eye, and what it, happened to my it, man? It. went. So it's not true what no, you're no, saying. Well, you it's had not to true, do, what but you're, but you're that, saying. That, that's not true. I'm just letting you know what the man on that team. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was a role player. You're right, but you know what? That's that's my but, but, but point. Say, I'm saying long. With your best player, you don't know what you're talking no, about I'm when it comes to the championship. I'm just no. telling you something. Stop <laughs> babying. way the he player. carries you to that champion, No matter how much you scream, you loud, listen, That does not listen, make you right. Listen. You're wrong in the city. You can, and that's yeah, why you ain't win you was a baby. Stop oh, babying no, no, these players, I'm not baby, You Stop babying no players. He don't play. Uh, no, he don't you play. You got to sit his ass down. Period. He got to repair He ain't got to repair nothing. He got to stop babying his players. You got baby. That's why you ain't winning. He got to. I didn't have Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant carry me up and down the court. So why you? You know, you, you, because, I got three finals MVP, because, Chuck. Because you, you Google because me, Chuck. Google me, a Chuck. You player. see that? Everybody Google knows me. You a great player. You don't that know that what you're talking you about when it comes to Jeff. No, that, ain't that, that's, gotta not, that's that. not. He got to step it. up and play. We all, all didn't play. have other players carrying us up and down the court. You can yell as much as you want I got three finals MVP, Chuck. And you are a great player. Thank you. But you wouldn't have got him if you didn't have Kobe and Dwayne.
3: That's why it's the greatest show on television. <laughs> Jack and Charles basically arguing about Dwayne Casey and DeMar DeRozan, yeah, because uh, he DeMar DeRozan wasn't playing and Casey sat him.
1: I uh, I'd like to offer a submission. Yeah, Ernie Johnson.
3: We needed Ernie. Well,
1: he wasn't on. Like, yeah. This oh, show. he wasn't. No. no. It was so, the other guy. Um. Whatever category, you know, we have the, the Emmy. He's a he's a sports Emmy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need a new category. Yeah. For what Ernie does to pull all that, to rain well, you all know, that in. Who
3: else is smart? Kenny Smith didn't try to get in. He it stays all. out of it. He just sat there and watched them <laughs> go. He watched well, like a guy watching the hockey puck. He just watched <laughs> so him go. So, who was the <laughs> fill in guy? Because I didn't say, I, I just know. saw oh, the I guy forget
4: guy. His, na- okay. his name. His okay. name escaped. Okay. me. But player uh, uh, What, done stuff what you didn't hear,
3: which obviously is. Is uh, Shaq showing him his <laughs> ring that's about the size of a person? But every yeah. time
1: those two disagree, that's the automatic comeback oh, that Shaq that brings Shaq's, up. Yeah. yeah,
3: oh, that's his. Yes, and that's that's true. Which still and doesn't it, really well, validate he, any argument. But it, presses the button that he's trying That's to That's true. Yes, yeah. it, it does. Presses yes. the button. Yes, it does. And you know those two guys go out and have a beer. Oh, they did after that, probably, yeah, probably, right? Yeah. It's, uh, we got to go to the club. That, uh, <laughs> I think that show's won a couple of Emmys, though. Oh, yes. yeah, they've yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: they've won Yeah, well, several. Well, because remember, Ernie won the Emmy and then gave it to Stuart Scott, I just, or nominated in front uh, for Sc- Stuart Scott's but Daughters. But they've,
3: they've stopped doing some stuff. I guess the joke got all like, uh, who he played for was the greatest. I wish they would go back to doing that. who he played for was so great. played was the greatest. Who oh, he played for. But that was before Shaq came on. That was Oh, was it really? For yeah. who he played for? Yeah.
4: Cuz there that- was one where they were trying and it was it was Aaron Brooks actually. Okay. He plays for the Wolves now, but Aaron Brooks well, that one could have been China a stumper somewhere.
3: because you didn't know where he was playing. Well, they,
4: who they,
5: he played for gave us this. Jonas Vasu Inuansas.
1: sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God bless you, Charles. You are the best.
3: So uh, Lance Lynn gave uh, you know Lance Lynn was big in St. Louis. They loved yes. him in St. Louis, and he gave an interview to the St. Paul, uh, to the St. Louis Post Dispatch, and uh, and he he basically you know the uh, the Lynn did turn down the Cardinals' qualifying offer seventeen point four million uh, in November because he thought he'd get more in the open market. Instead, uh, he found out it wasn't out there and the Cardinals never came back, never made him another offer. And he uh, he says, maybe I'll just go on and be a hired gun the rest of my career. I really don't care. If somebody gives me a chance to pitch, I'm going to do- go do it. I'm not worried about anything else. It's kind of been, who've I been my whole life? I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to try to help the team win. That's kind of the unfortunate part of the business now. I was here for seven years and there's no loyalty in the game. So as players, you've noticed players not having the loyalty anymore either until some of the things get cleaned up with the way the game's going, the direction, that's how it's going to be. And, of course, he's immediately getting kind of ridiculed for the no loyalty because the Cardinals did offer him the qualifying offer. But he was—he thought he should get a five-year,
1: eighty-million-dollar deal. You know what's going to end up different. happening too is a lot of these guys that are the fringe multi-year guys are going to end up accepting the one-year offer, the multi, you know, the, the oh, qualifying yeah. offer—because knowing they won't have it attached to them oh, for the second year.
3: Yes, and the other thing is that uh, they're—you know, let's say the Twins qualify Dozier, you know, which I don't think they will, but if they do. Take the eighteen. He's
1: gonna have to, yeah. yeah. You
3: know, take the eighteen. You're, uh, you know, even even at thirty something, you can't you can't be a thirty two or three year old and hit the open market now as a position player. You got a better chance as a pitcher,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but as a position player. But Lynn, you know, he he ended up taking twelve from the Twins, and he has not expressed bitterness about it when he would we talked to him, but he's. Obviously, a little upset that there was no multi-year offers out there, yeah. That that were of significance. So. But I thought when he
1: signed, there was a multi-year offer, but, but he, two years, okay, two and twenty, 30, I think, yeah, or something, two, wasn't,
3: yeah, two years and something. You know, maybe twenty-four, twenty-five. And he he his theory was he could have a good year here and make you know and hit the free agent market again. Well, he's going to have to kick it in the ass here and pitch a lot better than he has so far, but. Uh, uh, you know, every time a player, the one react I Judd posted something on this on our site, and the first thing, well, how would you like to be raising a family of four? And you know, and it, it's a, you know, people don't make that argument. It's asinine. You don't do anything that causes me to spend money to watch you. Okay, dummy. <laughs> you know, it's a completely different world. Yep. you know. So, uh, Alabama, uh, they, they looked at the uh, public offerings and found out what the assistant coaches could make. I saw this. Their, uh, their, their offensive coordinator, who was only there one year, right? Brian DeBall, because mm-hmm. uh, the other guy, Sarkasian, left for Atlanta. Yep. He left for the Buffalo Bills after one year with Saban. Uh, Mike Loxley, who was on the staff, is now going to get the same 1.2 million to be offensive coordinator as the ball got, which is probably what Sarcasian was getting too. And Tosh Lupois is getting; uh, he's their defensive coordinator. I never heard of him, have you? He's getting 1.1. Yep. Now he replaces Jeremy Pruitt, Pruitt who, who went, went to, to Tennessee. Tennessee, yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he Pruitt had a three-year, four-point-two million dollars deal before he left. The uh, defensive line coaches make seven fifty. The quarterback coach Dan Ennis is making four fifty wow. over the first two years of his buyout from Arkansas. He bought out. He bought his oh, way out of Arkansas. Okay. He's scheduled to make eight hundred seventy five thousand. So he's making eight seventy five. They're paying his. They're paying. Was his he a and He just got- about a. He must have been a Beal guy, but he also got a. He had still had a contract, and so he needed oh, okay. to buy his way out of it, apparently. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, don't pay those players any money, but uh, the assistants are wow,
4: doing just fine. Quarterbacks coach making.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On this day in history, in making late hits, May 9th, 1973, Johnny Bench hit three home runs off Steve Carlton. Wow. For the hmm. Cincinnati Reds. Did you know that Johnny Bench, and I, I knew this, I just had forgotten about it. He pioneered the one-handed style of catching and putting the other hand behind him. Before that, it was, you had your hand there and you. You had both of them right and, on the yeah, mat. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you slapped the ball in there. Catchers, he, he started using the oversized padded glove and tucked his hand behind his back so it wouldn't hit his hand. He started that. He was also the first catcher to wear a batting helmet while catching underneath the mask. I, I'd forgotten they didn't wear batting helmets. They just wore so the they, baseball cap? Yeah. yeah. You got hit with a, or the, maybe the inside thing, I don't know, but you got hit with a bat. Tough luck, buddy!
1: You know another. You can start bleeding. Another fun Johnny Bench fact, Patrick, uh, my younger brother, who is not quite as a follower of sports as yeah. I was as a young man, uh, came up to my dad and he said, hey, dad. Did you know the spray paint guy was a catcher in baseball? Because <laughs> Johnny did those Rustolia ads oh, for so okay, long. Yeah. Well, the spray just, paint they just guy. Thought they
3: hired him. Huh? <laughs> Greatest catcher ever, guys.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, right there, right, right up amongst there. Him. You can put him there, yeah, if you want to. Fisk second, or who? Who do you, or Yogi? Uh,
3: Gabby Hart. I don't know anything about Gabby Hart, <laughs> except, <laughs> except except uh, Mock once said something about. Butch Weidiger. Well he's not Gab, Gabby Hartnett yet. And Joe said Joe was there and he said, Who's Gabby Hartman? And Mock said Mock said, He's ours and we aren't trade. So, right, You're now on the ride with Royce. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Manny hill, what do you got?
4: In 1970, Johnny Bench hit 45 home runs and drove in 148. He hit 293. He was 22 years old. Ooh. My daily complaint is with myself for asking the asinine question <laughs> if he's the greatest uh, greatest catcher ever last segment. Might be, yes, a, he is. That
3: might be one of the two or three greatest baseball teams ever, the Big yes. Red Machine. They were fantastic. My daily complaint is a good news, bad thing. Uh, bad news thing. the The good news is... That I did, after a frantic search, find my Hubbard badge in order to get (laughs) back into the, uh, I wanted to leave and I had to get back in. The bad news is it was around my neck. And uh, I spent about uh, five minutes frantically looking for it. So, uh, good news, bad news. Uh, We'll do this tomorrow.